The thrill and excitement of March Mania is here, and DraftKings Sportsbook, one of America's top-rated sportsbook apps, is giving new customers a shot to turn 5 bucks into $150 instantly in bonus bets with any college basketball bet. You can find all the lines and available odds, of course, at the DraftKings Sportsbook app. North Carolina listeners, don't forget, DraftKings Sportsbook is now live in your state. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app and use code SBNFL. New customers can bet 5 bucks to get $150 instantly in bonus bonus bets only at DraftKings Sportsbook with code SBNFL. The crown is yours. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER or in West Virginia, visit www.1800gambler.net. In New York, call 8778-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY. In Connecticut, help is available for problem gambling. Call 888-789-7777 or visit ccpg.org. Please play responsibly on behalf of Boot Hill Casino and Resort 21 plus age varies by jurisdiction void in Ontario. Bonus bets expire 168 hours after issuance. See dkng.com slash bball for eligibility, deposit restrictions, terms, and responsible gaming resources. Hello everyone and welcome to Falato's Fantasy Corner, the weekly fantasy podcast on Big Blue View Radio, the wonderful New York Giant platform on SB Nation. I am your host, Nick Falato, and we've hit our first speed bump, our first brick in the road. Our first issue with COVID-19 in terms of in-season play. A few players from the Tennessee Titans tested positive for COVID-19, which has prompted the NFL from suspending all activities for the Titans until more tests come out. Well, they came out. The 3-0 Titans' Week 4 opponent are the 3-0 Steelers. An initial report said that the game would be postponed until Monday or possibly even Tuesday, but an additional Titans player tested positive on Thursday morning, which led to the temporary cancellation of this contest. The Titans and Steelers will not be playing their game this week, and the NFL must find a way to reschedule the game by maneuvering bye weeks around, or it's even possible that the game may be lost. We don't really know yet. By the way, the NFL has spoken about issues such as this. It seems like they'll do whatever they can within reason to reschedule the game. As we know, the sport of football is a lot different than other sports, and rescheduling games could be an issue due to the nature of the sport, but we're going to have to see what transpires throughout the year. This may not be the only time that something like this actually occurs. And when it happened with the St. Louis Cardinals in baseball, they could just reschedule doubleheaders that are seven innings long later in the season and kick that can down the road. I don't know if you can do that in the NFL because it's such a physical game and players need time to rehab throughout a week they need time to heal because their bodies are so sore after a football game but as of right now take juju james connor big ben king henry Corey davis Tannehill, and whoever you were starting out of your lineups and adjust it sucks i know hopefully some of you are in leagues where your commissioners are on top of coordination and they allow you to drop without penalty and pick up after the week where no one else in you your league can go in and scoop say you drop james connor no one can pick him up and he'll just be reassigned to your team but i'm assuming not all leagues have that kind of freedom or that type of commissioner because it kind of does take a lot of work you got to enforce some laws too which are pretty cool right i really wish though these fantasy platforms would allow these players to be ir eligible as well but we'll have to deal let's dive into some rankings right just like last week i have my fantasy rankings for the upcoming week My quarterback won last week was Lamar Jackson, and that failed miserably. Talk about just the lights being a little bit too bright, and we haven't seen Lamar be able to come from behind. Pat Mahomes is just really dominating that matchup with Lamar Jackson. But I'm going back to the well. 
I think this is going to be one of those classic bounce back, embarrass the heck out of a lesser team type of game from the Ravens against the football team. When good football teams get embarrassed at home on primetime television, they tend to annihilate lesser teams if those lesser teams have the pleasure of facing them in the ensuing week. And the over-under for this game is 45.5 according to DraftKings, and I wouldn't be shocked if Baltimore puts up a 40 spot here. Don't sell low on Lamar. The fantasy points are coming, and it sucks that Russell Wilson, Josh Allen, and Aaron Rodgers are having career types of starts to their season. And you more than likely drafted Lamar in the third round, and those guys were had sixth round, seventh round, what have you, in one quarterback leagues. But just be patient. Don't jump ship yet. Do not sell Lamar low, okay? As of right now, Lamar ranks sixth among quarterbacks in fantasy points per dropback, and the Washington defense is seventh best at surrendering fantasy points to the position, which actually means it's the seventh worst. But we shouldn't forget how much they struggled against a running quarterback in Kyler Murray two weeks ago, too. He had two touchdowns on the ground in that game with Chase Young, who they'll be without in this game. So start Lamar, no duh, moving on to the rest of the rankings. My number two quarterback, Russell Wilson. I mean, the guy is just on fire so far in this season. He has 14 touchdowns through three games, and he would have had another one. He would have 15 if DK Metcalf doesn't fumble the ball at the one-yard line being lazy going into the end zone last week against Dallas. And he gets to go down to Miami and play a team that had an extended week because they played on Thursday night football. Now, this is a one o'clock start. Typically, you fear those kind of things sometimes in some situations. Obviously, not right now. Russell Wilson is number one in fantasy points per drop back, and Miami's defense is somewhat beat up. They didn't have Byron Jones on Thursday night football. Xavier Howard hasn't been playing up to par of what we've expected Xavier Howard to be. And Russell Wilson has Tyler Lockett and DK Metcalf. So I don't really need to say much else about that. Number three is Patrick Mahomes at home against New England. Yes, it's a short week. Obviously, you don't care. Patrick Mahomes just put a 40-burger on top of the Baltimore Ravens, and that's fantasy points is what I'm referring to. He's an absolute stud. Don't really need to go into why you should be starting Patrick Mahomes. I will not be insulting your intelligence that way. Four, I have Josh Allen traveling to Las Vegas. Josh Allen is another player who has just had a phenomenal start to his season. And you got to applaud him. You know, a lot of people were down on Josh Allen. I wasn't all that high on him because of the inconsistencies. But Brian Dayball has stabilized that situation. They've utilized his legs to uh, really just take advantage and really maximize his skill set. Take advantage of the defenses that he's going against and maximize the skill set that he has. I mean, on this season... He's rushing the ball like crazy in the red zone. They're giving him a lot of carries there, which takes away from Devin Singletary and Zach Moss. Zach Moss should be playing in this game, but it's great for Josh Allen. So if you got Josh Allen in like the seventh round, good on you. That's amazing. Now, the fifth quarterback's Aaron Rodgers against Atlanta. Atlanta hasn't been able to stop anybody through the air. And this is a Monday night football game. And Aaron Rodgers should probably have Devontae Adams back. So good luck, Atlanta Falcons, and this should be a high-scoring affair. Green Bay's defense is pretty solid so far through the season. Atlanta can push the ball. Matt Ryan had a down game last week and another absolutely amazing collapse against the Chicago Bears, led by Nick Foles. But Aaron Rodgers with Devontae Adams, MBS, 
Alan Lazard against Atlanta's secondary. It's probably not going to go well for Atlanta. Number six is Dak Prescott against Cleveland. Cleveland wants to establish the run and run the football, but Dak Prescott leads the league right now in passing yards. He's been an absolute stud in that regard. He has just under 1,200 yards through three games. And he has the weapons of C.D. Lamb, Amari Cooper, Michael Gallup, even guys like Dalton Schultz. Last week, Cedric Wilson went off. So they just have players who are stepping up and really dominating their matchups. And the Cleveland Browns have Denzel Ward, who you would imagine is going to see a lot of Amari Cooper, which could lead to the guys like Michael Gallup. A lot of these guys kind of stepping up. And this could also lead to the Browns throwing a lot more passes because they all they want to do is kind of, I don't want to say hide Baker Mayfield, but they want to run the football. They want to establish the run with Nick Chubb, with Kareem Hunt, which kind of just relegates Odell Beckham Jr. and Jarvis Landry to minor fantasy roles. And th- that might be flipped here because Dallas has a bad defense. They have a bad secondary. And Dak Prescott in that offense could put points on. So this could be a high-scoring affair. The over-under for this game is 56. It leads the week, and that's definitely something that you want to attack for fantasy points. You can see someone like Dalton Schultz having a good game, and he's on a lot of free agent wires. A lot of people are starting to scoop him up, and I'm telling you, having a tight end in the Dallas Cowboys offense is a good thing. The Kellen Moore offense with Dak Prescott, he loves to target that position. So that's somebody that, if he's still out there, I would definitely scoop him up. Dak Prescott comes in at 6. At 7, I have Kyler Murray traveling to Carolina. 8, Deshaun Watson against the Minnesota Vikings, which no te- no Viking has tested positive. Again, that's who the Tennessee Titans played in Week 3. Let's hope it stays that way, as of right now, that is. Joe Burrow versus Jacksonville comes in at top 10 at 9. And Cam Newton at Kansas City comes in at 10. Joe Burrow, I mean, say what you want, man. He's a rookie. He has not won a game yet, but that team is competitive right now the team is very very competitive and burrow is a big reason why he has 821 yards passing he has five touchdowns on the season throwing and he has one interception so far and they use his legs well as at the same time he's actually doing pretty solid as a fantasy quarterback despite the fact that the team hasn't won and their defense isn't all that great they could be chasing points this could be a low-key fun game between jacksonville if that offense can get straight that's the Jacksonville Jaguars because it was pretty embarrassing, I guess you could say, on Thursday Night Football. It seems like they didn't have DJ Chark. They couldn't do anything. And every time they threw the ball to Chris Conley, he was dropping the ball. It was, uh, it was a mess, to say the least. But anyways, 11 is Matt Ryan at Green Bay. 12 is Ryan Fitzpatrick versus Seattle. What I like about Fitzpatrick is Seattle can't stop anything. Seattle can put points on the board. So that's going to allow Ryan Fitzpatrick to throw the football. So I like a lot of the Miami pass catchers. As well, 13, I have Jared Goff versus the New York Giants. Now, the Rams could take a lead and then just milk the clock like basically a lot of these teams have been doing against the New York Giants, which is something I'm hoping if that does happen, that Jared Goff gets some early first quarter, second quarter passing touchdowns to more than likely it's going to be someone like Cooper Cup over the middle, maybe even Tyler Higby a little bit, could be Robert Woods because he's an absolute stud as well. And the pre-snap motion that the Rams use is probably going to confuse the Giants. Seems like they've struggled with that. I mean, this isn't James Betcher's defense, it's Patrick Graham's, but there still has been liabilities on this defense, especially if you have guys like Nate Ebner out there, especially if you have Isaac Yidem, who's going to probably start over Ryan Lewis, and I think he's going to end up getting benched just like he did in week three. So it's going to be, it's probably going to be a mess for the New York Giants. That goes without saying, but I have Jared Goff at 13, should have a solid fantasy 
outing in that game. 14 is Matt Stafford versus the New Orleans Saints. 15, Tom Brady versus the Chargers. And then I have 16 is Gardner Minshew at Cincinnati. 17 is Drew Brees versus Detroit. And then Baker Mayfield at Dallas. Now, Baker Mayfield, this is, I don't want to say it's a make or break game for him, but this is a game script where he's probably going to be throwing the football a little bit more, as I alluded to before. And you got to look at kind of what he's done on this season. So they're two and one. And in both their wins, Baker Mayfield threw the ball 23 times and had 16 completions, whatever. But that's the game script right there for the Browns. They want to run the football. In the loss, he threw 39 times. It was a mess, but they were trailing. They got beat 38-6. to In this game, he's going to be in a similar situation. And he has weapons. And it's not against Baltimore's defense at Baltimore. It's at Dallas, a very beatable defense. So I'm interested to see if Baker Mayfield could put up a solid fantasy outing in a against a defense that he should have success in. Against a, a team that has been surrendering fantasy points to the quarterback position. And Baker Mayfield himself... He's, what, 22nd in fantasy points per dropback. He's been a little bit inaccurate, especially in week one. It's been good the first or the last two weeks, but we'll see when he's challenged a little bit more. He's only been sacked four times on the season. Jedrick Wills seems like he's an absolute stud. Jack Conklin has been solid for them as well. That offensive line has been stabilized. It's not Daniel Jones' offensive line, sadly. So we'll see. He comes in, my top 20, and to round off, the top 20, I got Kirk Cousins at 19 at Houston. It seems like he might have found somebody with Justin Jefferson, who absolutely went off last week. And if he could replicate what they had last year with Stephon Diggs and Adam Thielen with Justin Jefferson, and Adam Thielen, Justin Jefferson continues to kind of come along, it's going to be good for Kirk Cousins' fantasy outlook. But again, that's a team that wants to run the football, establish the run, use that stretch zone, outside zone, and use Dalvin Cook's ability to find the hole with his vision. To, to kind of sustain drives. And then 20, I have Teddy Bridgewater versus Arizona. And if you guys want to see the rest of the list, I guess I'll just go through it real quick. Might as well, right? 21 is Derek Carr versus Buffalo. 22 is Carson Wentz at San Francisco. 23 is Daniel Jones at the Rams. 24 is Justin Herbert at Tampa Bay. 25, Nick Mullins versus Philadelphia. 26, Phillip Rivers at Indianapolis. 27, Nick Foles versus Indianapolis. 28, Sam Darnold versus the Denver Broncos. 29, Brett Rippon at the New York Jets. And 30, Dwayne Haskins versus Baltimore. And I'm not going to lie to you. Just from some of the comments that Ron Rivera has made, I can see the Baltimore Ravens taking like a 17 to nothing lead. And then Dwayne Haskins riding pine. And then us possibly seeing Kyle Allen or Alex Smith being the quarterback for the football team. It's definitely a possibility. Hopefully you're not starting anybody from ripping down. <laughs> it's definitely not an ideal situation whatsoever. Nick Foles should be possibly interesting, but the Colts have been, and I'm only talking about Superflex leagues, obviously, or two quarterback leagues. But Nick Foles didn't look that great in the come-from-behind victory, but they end up getting that W. The Colts' defense has been pretty solid, but at least Foles will now have a week to prepare, and he'll also be home, and that's definitely something to be said for that. Let's move on to running backs. First, we have Alvin Kumara at Detroit. He's basically just been a receiver. He had, what, six carries last week, and he had over 30 fantasy points. He's just a PPR machine, and it doesn't even matter because he has so many receiving yards and finds the end zone every game. It doesn't matter if you're in standard leagues. He's still the number one running back, and just to reiterate these rankings are done on half-point PPR basis. Number two, Aaron Jones versus Atlanta. This is going to be a lot of throwing, but at the same time, Aaron Jones is 
utilized in the passing attack. He's also just been a really efficient runner. I expected touchdown regression, and it hasn't necessarily come yet this season for a player like Aaron Jones. They spent a second round pick on AJ Dillon and he's barely seeing the field whatsoever. And Aaron Jones has just been an absolute stud for the Green Bay Packers. And it looks like they want to possibly sign him long term, which is excellent. I mean, he's definitely earned that so far. And running backs, I mean, I guess you could say they've been paid much in a much better manner recently, but there was a while when Le'Veon Bell was holding out that they weren't being valued whatsoever so it looks like he may be getting a payday by the end of the season or maybe even during this season but Aaron Jones so far this year has four touchdowns he has six carries inside the five yard line and it's his role still it's not Jamal Williams it's not AJ Dillon at least not yet so that's excellent for anybody who got Aaron Jones late in the second round because that's where he was falling to because everyone expected the touchdown regression which hasn't necessarily come yet Number three, we have Ezekiel Elliott versus the Cleveland Browns. I mean, Zeke has used both facets of the game. He's a receiver. He's getting massive carries inside the five-yard line. He has 10 already this season, and that's going to be his role. We saw what he did to Demonte Casey in the comfort-behind victory against the Atlanta Falcons, and now he gets a Cleveland Browns defense that you can possibly run on. And you know both of those teams are going to try and establish the run. I think it's going to end up being a shootout, though, as I've already alluded to several times throughout this podcast. But obviously, you're going to be starting Zeke. Dalvin Cook against Houston. That's at Houston at 4-5. Clyde Edwards-Alaire versus the New England Patriots. We see how much Andy Reid is trying to implement him in the passing game. And that's excellent in PPR leagues. And this is one of the highest scoring teams one of the most high-powered offenses led by just an absolute freak and Patrick Mahomes they're gonna have so many chances at the one yard line who do you think is gonna get most of those carries it's gonna be Clyde Edwards so he comes in at five number six is Josh Jacobs versus the Buffalo Bills he's just getting so much opportunity even in the negative game script last week against the Patriots he had 16 carries and then the two wins that the Raiders had He had 27 carries and 25 carries. And the big question mark about Josh Jacobs and a reason why I don't think he was a top five pick, but I loved having the 10th pick and he when he was still around, was is he going to be involved in the receiving game? On the season so far, he has 13 targets. He has 10 catches. If he can get around 50 to 60 catches in a year, which could happen, especially in some more negative game scripts, because they have been able to beat the Saints, who aren't the team that we expected, and they played Carolina, a team that couldn't stop Josh Jacobs whatsoever, but in these negative game scripts against the Kansas City Chiefs and some of these teams that they're going to have to play, Chiefs they have to play twice a year, Derek Carr, a quarterback who doesn't like to really push the ball vertical, it's going to be so many checkdowns of Josh Jacobs, and then a PPR league that's absolutely excellent obviously and seven I have Nick Chubb at Dallas eight I have Kenyon Drake at Carolina look Kenyon Drake I get it he hasn't done a lot for your fantasy football teams quite yet but that is coming okay and I don't want to make this like you know the South Park making fun of Game of Thrones where I swear the dragons are coming the dragons are coming I'm not trying to make it like that I hope some of you get that reference but Kenny Drake has 54 carries on this season right now. He hasn't had less than 15 carries in a game. He just hasn't really found Pater. He did once, and he's not really being used as much in the passing game as you would like. 
but this is he's going up against Carolina. Make sure you start him. Don't sell him right now. Savvy fantasy owners are probably looking to grab someone like Kenyon Drake. Don't do that. Do not get rid of him because he's getting opportunities. He's just not getting the fantasy points yet, so do not sell low on a player that you probably drafted with an early second-round pick. So Kenyon Drake comes in at 8. Number 9 is Joe Mixon versus Jacksonville. We just saw Miles Gaskins tear Jacksonville apart on Thursday Night Football. Joe Mixon's another player similar to Drake who's getting a ton of opportunity. A ton of opportunity. He's at home. They could have a lead in this game. So I'm under the impression that this is going to be a mix and breakout game. That's why I have him in my top 10. And that's why I have him over Jonathan Taylor, who is at Chicago. Jonathan Taylor is a player that, after the injury of Marlon Mack, has basically received the majority of this role. Now, they have implemented Jordan Wilkins, Naheem Hines a little bit. Jordan Wilkins has definitely come in and stolen (laughs) some of these carries. But he has 48 carries on the season. It's tied for 10th right now. And in positive game scripts, they just feed him the ball. Now, last week, they saved him a little bit against the Jets. They really did not need him. And there were a bunch of times where the Colts scored points, but the offense wasn't on the field because Sam Darnold threw two pick sixes in that game. But Jonathan Taylor is definitely somebody you want to start week in and week out, and there's no questions asked really about that. Number 11, Austin Eckler at Tampa Bay should be a great game script, similar to last week where they're passing a lot in the fourth quarter because they're down. Now, I didn't expect last week to go that way, but Carolina was able to actually do that against the Chargers, and now it's going to be similar. Now they have to travel, though, to Tampa against Tom Brady, and there's no Chris Godwin, but this really still effective type of offense. So... I definitely like Austin Eckler in that game script. Miles Sanders at San Francisco is going to get so many dump-offs. That offense, there's so much wrong with the Philadelphia offense right now. you got guys like Deshaun Jackson who are injured. I'm not sure if Alshon Jeffrey is playing. Jalen Rager's on the IR. There's, all their skill position guys are down. Dallas Goddard, Zach Ertz should be in for a lot of targets. And so should Miles Sanders in a quick passing attack against this San Francisco defense that Giant fans know. Even though they're injured, still pretty good. Then number 13, James Robinson at Cincinnati. 14, Daryl Henderson Jr. versus the New York Giants. It's more than likely going to start this game, more than likely going to get most of the carries because Malcolm Brown is still recovering, even though he's playing from a pinky injury that he has. He broke his pinky. He played last week, received, I think, eight carries or something along those lines. Daryl Henderson's going to dominate the touches, and it's the Giants whose offense can't sustain drives, and their defense is a liability on third down because they are not good on the back end whatsoever. That's going to lead to more rushing attempts for someone like Henderson. I guarantee he falls into the end zone. 15, I have Mike Davis versus the Arizona Cardinals. He basically assumed the Christian McCaffrey role. And why would you not want that? Now, he's obviously not as effective as Christian McCaffrey, but they're using him like Christian McCaffrey. Now, Reggie Bonifon came in a little bit, stole some carries. They're using Curtis Samuel, but in terms of the short passing game, they're dumping it off to Mike Davis a lot, and he's very valuable for fantasy football as of right now. Number 16, I have David Montgomery versus the Indianapolis Colts. Number 17, David Johnson versus Minnesota. Now, again, the game's going on. Hopefully, David Johnson should be in for a bounce-back type of week. I wouldn't panic as of right now because he's another player who, I know Duke Johnson's been dealing with injuries and he might be coming back here, but David Johnson against Minnesota, a team that has definitely struggled to stop the run, a team that has definitely struggled to stop the pass, even though they put up a good fight against Tennessee last week, but then ended up losing. expect David Johnson at home and this whole Houston team to sort of get right a little bit at home 
they're not facing Baltimore or the Chiefs or the Steelers. They're facing Minnesota, a team that's beat up. So I like David Johnson, which started with 18 Kareem Hunt at Dallas. Now, the thing about Kareem Hunt we need to pay attention to is the injuries. As of Thursday, he has not practiced. If he doesn't get a limited session in on Friday, then you have to bail ship, okay, because you don't want to take that risk whatsoever, especially when he's the second fiddle to Nick Chubb. 19 miles Gaskin versus Seattle. When you get 27 touches in a game, you're the guy. Everybody praises this kid, praises him. Seattle's defense is not good. Now, the one issue with Miles Gaskin, and one reason why, despite the opportunity that he has in a high-scoring affair that I'm not in love with him, is the fact that he's getting siphoned by Jordan Howard at the goal line. They put Jordan Howard, they paid Jordan Howard. They're like, you know what, Jordan Howard, we need to find a role for you because we paid a lot of money for you, and we had this guy who's a lot better than you. So when we get down to the goal line, we're going to give you the carry. So that's something that's definitely concerning about Miles Gaskin, but he's receiving work in the passing game. He's receiving work. As a rusher, it's just he's not getting those valuable goal line touches. And then number 20, I have Carlos Hyde at Miami. This is another one that you need to monitor because I'm under the assumption that Raheem Mostert and Chris Carson won't play in these games. That's how I did these rankings, but that might not be true, okay? So you have to see if they get practices in on Friday. You have to see if they dress, and if that's the case, I don't want anything to do with Carlos Hyde. And if Raheem Mostert and Chris Carson are both playing, I'm moving them, and they're both fully healthy, and they're not going to be limited, I'm moving them up to you know the 12-13 range, both of those types of players, because they should both be in for really good fantasy production this week. And that's the top 20, so I'll round it off all the way to 30. So we have Todd Gurley at Green Bay at 21, 22, Melvin Gordon at the Jets, 23, Devin Singletary at the Raiders, 24, Antonio Gibson versus Baltimore. Should be a lot of dump-offs for him. 25, Jeff Wilson versus the Philadelphia Eagles. And again, that's under the assumption that Raheem Mostert is not playing. Number 26 is Mark Ingram, the second at Washington. Number 27 is Ronald Jones, the second versus the Chargers. Now, I want to add a caveat here. Leonard Fournette has not practiced. Check Friday. He has a foot injury. If Leonard Fournette is out, which people are kind of under the assumption that he may be, Ronald Jones jumps up to top 15. So definitely adjust your rankings for that. If Leonard Fournette is not playing, which he may not, Ronald Jones in positive game script against a Chargers team traveling from the West Coast to the East Coast, start him. He's going to receive the workload and he'll fall into the end zone, I'm sure. So definitely put him into the top 15. You're talking about like 12 if there is no Leonard Fournette taking carries away from them. 28, Jarek McKinnon versus Philadelphia. 29, James White at the Kansas City Chiefs. And then 30, Frank Gore versus Denver. 31, Joshua Kelly at Tampa Bay. And then 32, I have Chase Edmonds at Carolina. Just some dub ball passes. And I also don't mind Devonta Freeman, to be honest, at the Los Angeles Rams. I think he's going to be a little bit more utilized but the thing is, man, with that three-headed backfield, I am not starting Devonta Freeman until he proves it. And Saquon Barkley was at the point where you're like, I have to start you because you're Saquon Barkley, but this offensive line is not good whatsoever. But I do think his role will increase over the next coming weeks. Alrighty, before we get into wide receivers, please, let's take a quick break to hear a word from our sponsors. Support for this show comes from Atlassian. Atlassian software like Jira, Confluence, and Loom help power global collaboration for all teams so they can accomplish everything that's impossible alone. Because individually, we're great, but together, we're so much better. That's why millions of teams around the world, including 75% of the Fortune 500, 
Trust Atlassian Software for everything from space exploration and green energy to delivering pizzas and podcasts. Whether you're a team of two, 200 or 2 million, or whether your team is around the corner or on another continent altogether, Atlassian Software is built to help keep you all on the same page from start to finish. That way, every one of your teams, from engineering and IT to marketing, HR and legal, can stay connected and move together as one towards shared company-wide goals. Learn how to unleash the potential of your team at Atlassian.com. That's A-T-L-A-S-S-I-A-N.com. Atlassian. Before history is written, it's played. Before it's frozen in time, it's fought one shift at a time. Before it's etched in silver, it's carved in ice. What happens next will last forever. The Stanley Cup Final on ABC and ESPN Plus begins Saturday. All right, and then we have the wide receivers. Okay, so first, DeAndre Hopkins at Carolina. He's the number one receiver. I mean, the guy had 16, 9, and 12 targets through three weeks. He's been an absolute stud for the Arizona Cardinals, and although he's only found the end zone that one time in the busted coverage against the Washington football team, that doesn't mean he's not the number one receiver. I mean, he has four targets in the red zone as caught all four. One of them was that touchdown. Don't need to sit here and tell you why you should start DeAndre Hopkins. Number two is Tyler Lockett at the Miami Dolphins. Now, Lockett is coming off a three-touchdown game. Do I expect three touchdowns again? Not necessarily. But what I do expect from someone like Tyler Lockett is just another high-powered, high-scoring game against a defense that has struggled to cover receivers like Tyler Lockett in the slot. I don't know if I would expect the same kind of week that he had last week, but he's going to be in for it. Number three is Devontae Adams. If he's a full participant in practice on Saturdays, the Monday night game, so that gives you a little bit of pause, but it seems like Matt LaFleur is not going to hold Devontae Adams or Kenny Clark or the other tight end, Josiah DeGuara, back at all because they have a week five bye. A lot of people are saying that they'll hold them out Monday to give them extra rest against a team that, like the Falcons, but LaFleur said that's bullcrap. So Devontae Adams, if he's trending in the right direction, definitely plug him in. Number four is Michael Thomas at Detroit. Again, he needs to get a full, uh, a full participant in practice or a limited session or something, and it needs to look like he is going to end up starting. That's a Sunday game, so it's not as hard to determine as Devontae Adams. Just wait to see if he's active, and then you're going to plug him in. Number five, Calvin Ridley at the Green Bay Packers. Now, Packers have been number one in stopping wide receivers. Now, granted, they played Drew Brees, who can't really push the ball vertically, didn't have Michael Thomas. They played, I guess you could say, a favorable schedule for that. You know, you talk about the Minnesota Vikings in week one with Kirk Cousins with no Stephon Diggs. That was crappy as heck. But Calvin Ridley, who's just been dominating, Julio Jones might be back in this game, still not determined quite yet. He's going to see so many targets. Week one, he had 12. Week two, he had 10. Last week, he had 13. He's just being peppered with targets, and a lot of them are in the red zone as well. He's the guy Matt Ryan looks to in the red zone. He has ranks 13th right now in fantasy points per touch for pass catchers and for 
running backs. So he's been efficient despite the fact that he is ranked third in the league in targets. So Calvin Ridley is going to be a stud. Always a stud. Get the Watchman prime time. Tough matchup, so don't expect 25 fantasy points like he's been giving everybody. But he still will have the opportunity to collect these fantasy points for your fantasy team. Six, Tyreek Hill versus New England. I expect him to be cloud covered by the number two cornerback of New England along with a safety while Stephon Gilmore tries to just erase Sammy Watkins from the game. And then good luck, Patriots defense scheming out. Travis Kelsey and Clyde Edwards-Alaire, we have to worry about Tyreek Hill's speed. It's it's a nightmare, but it's something that they're going to have to do, and typically Bill Belichick likes to double-team the best receiver and the most dangerous player, and that would be Tyreek Hill, I would imagine at least, and then use Gilmore against Watkins, like I said. Number seven is DK Metcalf at Miami. He's number one in fantasy points per touch right now. It's just because he's not doesn't have as many targets or as many receptions as some of these other players, but he scores a lot of touchdowns. He's been an absolute vertical threat. Could you imagine what it would be if he didn't have that fumble at the goal line? I mean, his fantasy point per touch right now is 4.98, which is pretty damn solid. Mike Evans is right behind him with 4.48 because he's another player who has had a weird stat lines of one catch for one yard and a touchdown or two catches for two yards and a touchdown because they've been using him a lot on the goal line when they're not running the football. But we'll get into him a little bit later. Number eight, Allen Robinson, the second, finally broke out last week when Nick Foles came in. Looks like he may be freed and may establish himself as a top 12 receiver. He's going up against the Colts. Number nine is Mike Evans versus the Los Angeles Chargers. Again, no Chris Godwin. He seems to be the favorite receiver in the red zone and on the goal line for Tom Brady. He's obviously a really big body. He can win vertically. He can win in the short game. Very good wide receiver. Number 10 is Cooper Cup at the New York Giants. The Giants have struggled with horizontal crosses in the short to intermediate game. Their cornerbacks like Darnay Holmes, the guys that guide him, have definitely struggled in that kind of in those situations, and Cup kind of thrives in those situations. I expect James Bradbury to see a lot of Robert Woods in this game. I expect a ton of pre-snap motion from all these guys to kind of mix everything up anyways. And I, I think Cooper Cup might be in for another good fantasy outing like he had against the Bills last week. Stefan Diggs at Las Vegas comes in next. Now Josh Allen has that number one receiver, and Diggs has not let up at all he left Minnesota and he picked up and he just ran because he's been doing really well for the Buffalo Bills and for Josh Allen and just for that offense as a whole I have him at 11 against a Raiders secondary that is somewhat suspect number 12 I have Robert Woods against the Giants similar to Cooper Cup I think they're going to move a lot of these guys around I think Cup will probably have a better fantasy game but I mean Robert Woods is receiving a lot of carries He's being used a lot near the line of scrimmage, and he's also pretty good after the catch as well. So I really like Robert Woods against a Giants defense that has been surrendering like 70 or 70 plays every game. They just have so much opportunity, and Sean McVay is your head coach. So that's kind of a no-brainer there. At 13, I have Adam Thielen at Houston. Houston's been relatively good against wide receivers, but Thielen is a different kind of breed when it comes to how the offense runs through him last week. The Minnesota Vikings were able to incorporate more Justin Jefferson, which was awesome. And I don't think that's an aberration, but I still look at feeling in this game script, which could be high scoring. Think about how they're going to use play action against Houston, and I think Thielen has an edge over Houston's corners. 14, I have Julio Jones at the Green 
Bay Packers. It's not even 100% sure if he's going to play yet. Again, this is a Monday night football game. You have to monitor this situation. But if he's active, he's playing. But have a backup plan. Monday night, this could be scary. 15, I have DJ Moore versus Arizona. Now, DJ Moore has had two weeks, two out of three weeks, with less than 10 fantasy points in half-point PPR leagues. And that's concerning a lot of people, especially with Robbie Anderson doing as well as he's doing. And DJ Moore's his A dot is a lot higher than people expected. It's at 13.65 yards. He has 26 targets, and they average to be 13.65 yards. Now, you look at some of these other players, like Tyler Lockett, who was used a lot in the vertical game, his A dot is 10 yards. Allen Robinson's A dot is 7 yards. Calvin Ridley's A dot is 11 yards. And a lot of people never really pictured DJ Moore as a pure vertical type of threat. And Robbie Anderson is more of that pure vertical type of threat. But their roles have sort of switched. I think it's going to stabilize itself. And I think boom games are really coming for DJ Moore. He's another player that I'm not selling low on. I'm probably not as high on him as I was in the beginning of the season just because I expected him to have one of those breakout top eight type receiver seasons and that's definitely still within the realm of possibility but he still has not found the end zone he only has three end zone targets he hasn't caught in any of them but i expect better days to come for dj Moore. i'm not too worried about him so he comes in for me at 15 and following him we have odell beckham jr at dallas i think this is going to be a higher scoring game like i've already said and Odell might actually have a pretty solid fantasy outing. I mean, you've been pretty much disappointed with him outside of that really one long touchdown catch in Week 2 on Thursday Night Football against the Bengals. And hopefully now, I have him at 16, he can possibly get more than just, you know, six, seven targets and four catches, which has been kind of his norm this season so far and kind of throughout, I guess you could say, his time with Cleveland. Now, he had 10 targets in Week 1, but a lot of those were just garbage time targets, and a lot of them were downfield, and they just were not accurate. Keenan Allen I have at 17. The guy had 19 targets last week, had 10 the week before. Justin Herbert being the starting quarterback for the Los Angeles Chargers is amazing for guys like Hunter Henry and Keenan Allen. So I, I, I love the fact that Keenan Allen's getting this much targets because people drafted him in like the fifth, late five, sixth round, and thinking that Terod Taylor was going to be the quarterback doesn't seem like that may be the case may just be justin herbert's job from here on out that's not determined yet because tarot is still recovering from the punctured lung but man it's been great for keenan allen the way that he's been peppered with targets and good for him because he's a very talented receiver 18 have amari cooper against the cleveland browns amari cooper somebody who was just seeing a lot of targets as well 14 in week one nine in week two 12 in week three and the thing about the Dallas Cowboys offense is some of these big plays can come from some of the other guys. It seems like defenses do focus on Amari Cooper, but he's still able to give you solid fantasy production. Against Cleveland, if he sees a lot of Denzel Ward, it could be somewhat concerning. That's why I have him a little bit lower, but he's still a stud. Terry McLaurin versus the Baltimore Ravens at 19. Dwayne Haskins holds him back. Dwayne Haskins might get benched, but even if he doesn't, Terry McLaurin's still going to see a ton of targets in this game. I mean, he has to. I mean, on the season, he has 25 targets, and I expect him to probably have another 9 or 10 in this game, especially since the game script's going to lead to a lot of throwing in the fourth quarter. After that, at 20, I have Devontae Parker versus Seattle. Seattle hasn't been able to stop wide receivers. So if you have Devontae Parker and you haven't started Devontae Parker, start Devontae Parker. Same kind of goes for Preston Williams. I'm a little bit higher on Devontae Parker. I think he's a better player. But yes, 
he comes in at top 20. And then from 21 to 30, I have Kenny Galladay versus New Orleans, Will Fuller versus Minnesota, Tyler Boyd versus Jacksonville, Julian Edelman at Kansas City, Michael Gallup versus Cleveland, Marquise Brown at Washington. It has to be coming. He gets six targets in every game. Let's pepper this guy a little bit, have him break out, get his confidence up because it has just not happened yet. 27, I have Alan Lazard versus Atlanta. 28, DJ Chark versus Cincinnati. He's another one. He's been practicing on a limited basis. It looks like he may be starting, and I definitely just want to see him get peppered with more targets. I think that offense definitely needs his presence. 29, T.Y. Hilton at Chicago. They did not need him last week because they were playing the New York Jets. And you have Michael Pittman, who's went down with injury. Paris Campbell, who's went down with injury. seems like everybody is going down with injury there. T.Y. Hilton might not be the T.Y. Hilton of old, but I expect good games eventually. This isn't the best matchup, though. 30, I have C.D. Lamb, and then Robbie Anderson as well at 31 versus Arizona. C.D. Lamb is going up against Cleveland. Tight ends. Now, we'll go through this real quickly. I know this has been long-winded. Travis Kelsey versus New England has to be number one. George Kittle coming back from injury versus Philadelphia. Not a lot of pass catchers on the outside. Brandon Ayuk did well last week. Kendrick Bourne is an underrated player, but I expect George Kittle in prime time to get going against this Philadelphia defense that went up against Drew Sample last week, but that wasn't really much, and Joe Burrow didn't really need to do the, a lot in that tie uh, when in terms of targeting the tight end position, but let's remember the week before that when Tyler Higby had three t- touchdown catches. So George Kittle comes in at two. Three, Mark Andrews at Washington. Hasn't done anything since week one. Dropped a lot of passes in prime time. I think this is a get-right spot. Number four, Darren Waller versus Buffalo. Again, Derek Carr, limited a vertical push, especially without Henry Ruggs and now Brian Edwards. Expect a lot of quick uh, dink and dunks, and I expect Darren Waller to get right in this game. Five, Zach Ertz should see a lot of targets at San Francisco. Six, Tyler Higby versus the New York Giants. I mean, the Giants, <laughs> historically at least, cannot cover the tight end position. They haven't really been burned by them quite yet this season, but Higby is another player in the short quick game who could definitely give the Giants fits at the second level. Number seven, Noah Font against the New York Jets at the New York Jets, and that's a Thursday night football game, so by the time you hear this, we'll know what happens with Noah Font, and he has Brett Ribbon throwing him the ball, which is kind of hilarious, but we'll see. I mean, I know a lot of people I respect who really liked Brett Ribbon coming out of Boise State. Hopefully the guy can uh, kind of prove himself, <laughs> and he has an opportunity. It's a really bad Jets team in prime times. So a lot of people will have the, their eyeballs on the game. Eight, Mike Kosicki versus Seattle. Nine, Hunter and Mike Kosicki. This is a high-scoring game. You're starting him, and he's kind of becoming this like top eight kind of tight end for your team. Number nine, Hunter Henry at Tampa Bay. Ten, Dalton Schultz versus Cleveland. 11, TJ Hawkinson versus the Saints. 12, Evan Ingram at the Rams. He should be getting a lot of targets in a come-from-behind type of effort. I mean, I think he, I don't think he's a good at route runner, if I'm going to be frank. I think it's awkward watching him try to catch a football. But you get the ball to him in space, he can make some things happen. So he's at 12. 13, Jimmy Graham versus Indianapolis. Hey, say what you want about Jimmy Graham. The guy is getting targeted in the red zone. I mean, he's Jimmy freaking Graham, but he has nine targets in the red zone which is second in the league, tied for second with Aaron Jones, actually. That's incredible. And it goes to show you how good Aaron Jones is. He has four end zone targets and has two touchdowns in the end zone. And then in the red zone, he has three touchdowns within that. So Jimmy Graham, Mitch Trubisky was looking for him. Nick Foles was looking for him in the red zone. Big body. I mean, he's definitely old. I'll give him that. (laughs) Definitely has lost a few steps, but he's being targeted there. And I have him over guys like Hayden Hurst, who got a target at the one-yard line. It was the only catch that he had last week. He's going up against Green Bay, who has been pretty good at stopping the pass. So I'm not overly excited about Hayden Hurst, but 
I have him at 14. Jared Cook versus Detroit after that. Logan Thomas versus Baltimore at 16. 17, Mo Alley-Cox versus Chicago. They didn't really need to throw that much last week, but I think he only ran like seven routes or something like that. I know he had a touchdown on it, and I think that's going to go up, but I know Jack Doyle is back now, and that could take away from him, even though Mo Alley, I mean, how do you not throw to him? The guy's like six foot eight. He's gigantic, but... I have him at 17 just because the target share isn't quite there yet. But like I said with T.Y. Hilton, there aren't a lot of competent pass catchers there right now. So that could lend someone like Mo Cox to be used a lot more that quick passing game against a defense like Chicago. 18, I have Jordan Aikens versus Minnesota. 19, Robert Tanyan versus Atlanta. That's if DeGuard does not play. And then 20, Greg Olson at Miami. And then two, if you guys want to check out the rest of the tight ends, you can go to Big Blue View. The rankings will be up there. Now, for the five streaming kickers and the five streaming defenses. So, for the kickers, I went with Yahoo Ownership. And Rodrigo Blankenship at Chicago, he's the third best kicker in fantasy football right now, and he's still only rostered in a third of leagues. So, two-thirds of leagues do not have Rodrigo Blankenship, okay? And he's on a team with a quarterback who isn't great in the red zone, in Phillip Rivers, leads to a lot of field goal attempts, and this week, I mean, it's against Chicago. I expect I expect him to have another good game, and I have him in my number one kicker ad. Also, like Joey Sly versus Arizona at home. Joey Sly last week went off for kickers. Now, he wasn't Steven Guskowski, but he had a good week, and he's only rostered in 25% of leagues. Kaimi Fairbairn versus Minnesota, 23% of leagues. I think Houston's going to put some points on. I think they're going to stabilize themselves. They've had three tough matchups, and I think Fairbairn may be in for a pretty good week. And then I have Sam Sloman, who's the Rams kicker, against the New York Giants, who's rostered in 2% of leagues. I mean, a lot of Giants fans listening to this right now. Seems like teams can move the ball on this defense. Seems like if you want a good solid 8 points from your kicker, Sam Sloman may be your guy. And then Ryan Suckup versus the Chargers at home, and he's only 11% rostered. As for the 5 streaming defenses to add, I have the Rams at number 1 versus the Giants. I see him around some of my fantasy leagues at least before the waiver period i scoop them up because they get to face the giants at home then i have the buccaneers versus the chargers and then the chiefs versus new england jets versus denver and then denver versus the jets very low over under there it's like 41 right now either of those defenses could have good games because both their quarterbacks could be mistake prone i don't want to sign brett rip in that yet because he hasn't had the opportunity to be mistake prone but we know sam darnold is even though i think sam darnold may be in for a better game than what we've seen recently but that's the rankings everybody i hope you guys enjoyed this please rate subscribe review this podcast on wherever whatever you guys are listening to this on please have a lovely day and hopefully your fantasy teams get to win some of their matchups this week and hopefully you don't own too many titans or Steelers. have a lovely one guys take care